Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Trio of Positivity Podcast. We hope everyone had a good break. We appreciate you guys joining us today. We took a little break, went places. We may or may not share with you, but we are back. We are back. We'll skim the Chicago sports landscape to see if there's any positivity now. We are feeling pretty positive after the break. We hope you are too. Let's see where the sports are. I'm your host, Bupen, joined as always by my positive, positive people, Miller and CJ. Sir, Boys, sir, you are incorrect. How, how are we doing? You are incorrect. We are the, <laughs> Please correct. Guys, we are the positive brigade, okay? We are. Okay. We are the positive brigade. You guys didn't brigade. like it. You guys didn't like it last time, so I, Listen, I wanted to it, take a step back. The fact you didn't talk to us that you were gonna take the the brigade part away. Okay, so okay, but you guys to need to stop talking. I didn't tell you More what I was gonna put it in there in the first I get place. A finger count. Does everybody still have their ten fingers? We got the ten fingers. We made it through Fourth of July with all our fingers. Yes. We didn't pull a JPP. Yes, let's yes. go. Oh God! <laughs> wow, wow, that was. But to answer your question, was... yes, we are doing great. We will not mention anything about said trip. Or trips or non-trips that took place. Yeah, we could have had a domestic international international podcast, but hey, it didn't happen, you know. Uh, but talking about today, in today's episode, we'll discuss the news that stood out to us, like we always do. Give you our thoughts on the Crosstown Rivals, Sox and Cubs, along with the NBA free agency news uh, in the main segment uh, to see if there's any positivity there. Let's see. You guys ready to go? Should we get this show on the road? Let's go. All right. CJ, what you got? What's a news story that stood out to you this week? Um, the probably one of my favorite announcements that has long that has a long time coming is that the NBA has finally greenlit the in-season tournament, and this has been in talks for years. Uh, players didn't necessarily want to do this, but the owners wanted to be able to get some more money. They see what the Champions League is doing for soccer and they want to kind of do something similar. And they actually kind of got something pretty close. So the way that it works is um, all teams are involved. There's no qualification and they're all going to be put in certain groups in based on their conference. And they're going to play two games within each group, a home and away. But these games are going to be scheduled in November. So it's going to be part of the regular season schedule at that point. Once they have um, the games played, eight teams will qualify um, and then they'll go into a knockout style and the final four will be played in Las Vegas, which interesting to say the least, but it does make it does help the NBA make more moves where cities can actually pay to host these games kind of like college does. So how do you guys feel about having a tournament now that's going to end in December Start of November, end in December. I'm pretty sure they'll add more games here and there. Or first or like second. That, but what do you guys think? Like, sounds good. It's a waste of time. <laughs> uh, first second. of all, it's go the go beginning there. of the season so that these teams are not in tip-top shape. They're still working their preseason basketball. Second and most importantly is what's happening. The NFL and what rules the NFL. Basketball is not cared about in the United States until after February and after the Super Bowl. That's when basketball takes front and center. So to having this in tournament, having an in tournament that thing at the beginning of the season, I don't see the point of it. I don't see the 
the hoopla about it. Like you said, I think it's a way to make money and try to. to but it's the thing just is like that, it's a waste of time. What are you? It's, get of course, that? it's like, a way to It's a way to make money. But everything, everything is a waste of time. The NFL expanding their seasons or expanding well, we their game that. schedule is also because of money. It's not because of player safety. This one actually had. But actually, this this tournament actually had the backing of the players' association. Not only are they going to get money um, for winning the, the thing, but it actually spaces out the schedule, which is something the players have been wanting for a long time. They're going to try to eliminate the back to backs with this tournament, so that travel is not necessarily going to be a big deal. But I understand what you mean, where like the NFL rules like September through February, but. The NBA always takes care of Monday games, Wednesday games. There's some matchups for Christmas. Christmas didn't tower. They the didn't NBA tower last year. Tower. When the NFL was on Christmas. Uh, not very well, many, but last year when they the were, they, Christmas, they didn't outperform the Christmas. NFL. No, I, 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 think, I think I got this. I think I got this. Miller will very soon start de- eating dinner at 4 p.m. because he's old True. and he's like about to be, get off my yard, True. guy. Yeah, yeah. He... He's used to a certain way of life, and he doesn't want anything to change. I think he was the one that hated the play-in tournament, too. And I think it was a good play-in tournament. I think we had a similar conversation then. The play-in tournament, yeah. It adds yeah. to the fun. Yeah, it was. And, yeah, and it, it's actually It added decent. to the fun. Yeah. That added to the fun. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. I think, uh, hopefully, it'll be a good addition. It's hard to say without it being... What happens to the winner? Maybe it's a good addition. It'll add some competitiveness. It'll bring more people. Uh, they get a they get, they get a an NBA cup, and uh, they get money, and basically the in season tournament will have records no effect at all? on playoff speculation. So it's so it so it's part of the season. So the way so if the game is scheduled on a Tuesday, it'll have a double significance. So it'll be a regular season game, and it's part of the tournament play. So the way that it's gonna work out. It, I'm intrigued to see the final schedule. I don't think the final schedule has been released. They did release the dates of when the games are going to be played, but it, it's got to it's got to coincide with how like the group games are going to have to be scheduled in the first half. I just think you, you can't compete with the NFL, especially this early. Basketball isn't relevant until after the Super Bowl. I mean, there are people that watch basketball more religiously than football. I, it's not going to get your common fan. They're going to be focused on football. But see, I'll agree that it's not going to get the common fan, but it gives one of, like, like for me, like an NBA fan, I am intrigued that to watch means nothing a knockout style. You're, you're not going to have between... a team brag about, well, maybe you will. You're not going to have a team it, brag about winning this tournament. It's not the tournament. It's not the championship. It's literally nothing. Okay, but it's year one of what they're going to be doing. So, like... A regular season game will have stakes, not just playoff stakes, but it'll have stakes it. in the tournament. I got and it. And I think that's what they're trying you to do. You just like the second fiddle, just like you like Mitch Trubisky because he's the NVP. He's not the MVP. He's the NVP. Don't you fucking so you dare. Always like don't the you shit fucking that doesn't dare. Matter, don't you? Don't you fucking dare mention the greatest player. quarterback the Bears like. ever had in vain like that You always that like again. the second fiddle shit. Don't you fucking dare. You, fu- you know what? <laughs> Okay. I'm muting him. All right. Everyone back in your corners. How fucking dare you. Okay. Everyone back in your corners. Everyone take a deep breath. 
Um, okay, thank you for the spirit. Co- <laughs> you know, not much positivity there from Miller's side. Yeah, but fuck you, Miller. Maybe, maybe, maybe his story not. will bring it's more positivity into more, our life. Bring more what, what you got we are going to enter the realm of Northwestern football. I'm sure most of you have heard, but Pat Fitzgerald, the coach of Northwestern football, has been fired. Uh, he's been fired based on some allegations that were brought up in about his program and his players. So to kind of run through it real quick, I'm just going to give you a quick timeline. Or as they say, I'm going to TLDR this bitch. But um, last November, uh, the university received a anonymous letter basically stating that there was some hazing going along uh, in the organiz- in the, the football uh, organization program, football program. Uh, they performed a quick investigation into it that lasted about uh, seven months. Um, while the full details of that has not been released because it is a private university and they do not have to release it, uh, the investigation did determine that there was some hazing going on. They did gather some evidence, but they didn't have a lot. Um, they didn't really have, they, they knew something was going on, but they didn't know who was involved, what was happening, or anything like that. So that information was basically reviewed by the president, Michael Schill, uh, the Northwestern president. And the t- determination was that Pat Fitzgerald would be suspended without pay for two weeks. That was released on Friday. Obviously, in today's day and age, all investigations like this turn into wildfire once social media gets it. And that's exactly what happened. Basically, the next day, Daily Northwestern, which is basically Northwestern's newspaper, gathered the details on that. They then did an in-depth investigation, maybe along the same time. They gathered statements from players, former players and stuff like that, that dove into exactly what was happening. And basically, the hazing involved coerced sexual acts. One former player claimed that upperclassmen essentially singled out individuals. They would be restrained and dry humped in a dark locker room. They, in addition to that, there were several situations where freshmen were allegedly forced to strip naked, perform various acts such as doing pull-ups, bear crawls, and even a car wash, quote, in quotes, which is essentially the player would strip naked and then other players would be forced to brush past them and then they'd be sprayed with their hose. Can you imagine that? It was described as egregious, vile, and inhumane behavior. So that was what was came out about happening at Northwestern. Obviously, following that release of information, um, the uh, an official letter from the Northwestern football team, the players, slammed this these details, called them exaggerated and twisted. They also insisted that Pat uh, Fitzgerald, the coach, had no knowledge of this. Well, subsequently, after the details were released, the the president of Northwestern Chill uh, came out and said he needs to reevaluate, obviously, like social media goes. Well, then on Sunday, another news story broke. Basically, a current player came out saying they knew who the whistleblower was and that the whistleblower was just and he quoted for saying he just kept emphasizing that, yeah, it'll be okay. I'm just trying to get coached. Fitz fired retaliation much so and then on Monday the story gets even more stickier because three former players come out 
uh, again released by the Daily Northwestern, their their newspaper, claiming that racism was taking place in Northwestern football and that the staff was enabling the racism towards uh, non-white players. But they also, on top of that, collaborated with the hazing claims. So, boom, there's the bow on top of Fitz's present, a.k.a. Ego. President Schitz, or Schilt came out on Monday, made his decision to fire President, President oh, Michael sorry. Schilt. President what? Sorry. In zone here, bro. The president came out on Monday basically announcing that his decision has changed from a two-week suspension to uh, Fitz, uh, Coach Fitzgerald being fired uh, after the investigation. And he discussed with apparently, I think, uh, 11 current and former players who all acknowledged that this hazing was happening. Um, Fitz, uh, Coach Fitzgerald has come out and said he's planning to take this legally. Uh, he's hired a lawyer and he's going to go that direction. I'm sure we're not going to hear any other word about that, but whew, holy mugoli. What a story, huh? So. Fitz was one of the most respectable coaches in college until this wow. story was dropped. I mean, he was involved in a lot of speculation about even making the transition to the NFL. I think he was probably a fan favorite before um, we got um, Eberflus for the Bears. So talk to me, guys. What do you see ending up with Fitz, uh, with Coach Fitzgerald? Do you think he ever coaches again? Talk to me about what your thoughts are on this whole situation. Yeah, so... Um... I mean, he is, it's crazy, right? He, I think he played there. He went to school there. He played there. So like, it was like a really good, like he, this football program is his life. And there was this like whole, like, yeah, crazy cult following for him. So like very shocking. Um, but obviously social media got hold of him and, um, I saw something that him <laughs> and, go, um, Gruden will be best friends. Now that all these things have come out, because it's essentially what Gruden was accused of, too. Um, no, but it'll be interesting to see where he goes. I was reading some stuff, and it looks like there may be a cool-off period, but then he'll, he suffered enough, and he will like get an analyst job, maybe an advisor, maybe a coordinator somewhere. Yeah, you're right. He'll, he'll have a job soon, I, I think. What do you think, CJ? Um, it's... It's very sad to hear that all of this was happening, but if I'm honest, it kind of explains why Northwestern's been dog shit too. Because why would you want to go? Uh, somewhere they haven't where been you're dog shit. And, and he, his record was 110 and 101, I believe. They've been dog shit. Um, he is the coach. He is the oh, Northwestern ooh, ooh. has been to five bowl games, and he coached four of them. So to say they're dog shit, I think, is a reach. Obviously, I mean, Northwestern is not known for their grade or for the for their football program. They're known for their grades and their academics. So even being in a bowl game for a university like that is right. But even like you don't expect them to be like Georgia or Alabama or something like that, where they win the Big Ten every year. Yeah, here's the thing. Uh, well, to me, bowl games are meaningless. I think they're just ways of just more more programs getting money my my whole thing about this and and i'll repeat what i what i said i think a lot of people knew this was happening the fact that i think more stuff didn't get leaked is incredible i think we'll probably see more and more out of this i do believe fitz got like really good lawyers because i think he just 
signed like a contract and he's like in year two of the contract. And so like he's he's not just going to go down fighting. So as far as what happens with Fitz, I'm sure he'll be back. Um, we've seen other coaches that have had scenarios where I, I, don't, I can't recall a hazing one, but I know that there's been like some drama related and they still were able to get like um, jobs even in college basketball. Um, we, we see some stuff like that happen. Uh, it's, it's very sad to hear though, that guys were just treated like that. And especially the Northwestern men, like Northwestern is a very big name for, for just like the fact that the school journalist broke the news and a lot of like journalists from sports media come from Northwestern and even like film, like for them to break it is, you know, good for them. Uh, it's just sad. Uh, I, this should not be happening in football and even some former, uh, NFL players and current NFL players don't believe in hazing. And the fact that it's still, I think hazing happens in every sport, to be honest, in most locker rooms to some extent. Now this was way past that line. Like, like, you know, in the NFL, isn't it like picking on what's somebody? hazing to you though? I mean, what's hazing is maybe a little glorified. So when I say that, maybe it's like picking on somebody, and it's like that could be something I, I simple, like in the NFL yeah, I, where they make the rookies I buy think, dinner, right? Is that considered hazing in a sense? Maybe I don't know the actual definition, but I consider it basically picking on it, picking on somebody. Now in this situation, it went way past that. Yeah, and I was gonna say I think hazing hazing is more like if you're trying to rush a fraternity and you have to do something to be like part of the group. And some of the shit that I've heard that you do for that is kind of intense too. So I'm pretty sure like they kind of like you feel like a camaraderie because you went through that stuff together, but there's it's 2023. Yeah, but it, it all like, depends no on what it is to, like to, to do that kind of stuff. Like, I mean, okay. So no, just even, go, to, it, go back to college. There's so much going on with, would you consider, having a case race to enter a fraternity hazing between teams of four. But that's the type no. of, I mean, again, hazing no. was taken to the next level. That's why these rules and laws that came out banning it, they were doing stuff. I agree. Like they talked about Northwestern football, but at the end of the day, doing like a case race. I mean, if you're making people do something to win something, to get into your fraternity, I can kind of consider that hazing. So, but, you have to th- you have to remember though people i if you're doing it with the intention of joining a club that you're choosing fine but if you're doing it for a D1 school where you're trying to play and you're trying to make your name for yourself to go to the next level like do you want to get dry hump to prove a point like no like th- th- what i'm saying is if you're if you're a kid that's also trying to get into a fraternity and they're like well this guy has to dry hump you that kid can well, easily that's why like, i said I this join was another like, fraternity this is more that's not gonna dry hump than what you're gonna tell a- some things because it is forced right it's forced yeah like for me hazing is I'm- hazing to me is physical hazing to me is a physical action that is not and cons consent right like obviously it was like beyond what they would approve and i think the other part is like it's a it's progress we're talking about it too right like hurt it's a cycle hurt people hurt people so like 
the fact that like we are talking about it hopefully like that means we obviously won't do it but like you know like hopefully some other people are considering it and so i think like, I'm, I'm wrong it could be a case race so like, the definition of hazing is the imposition like, of strenuous often humiliating tasks as part of a program of rigorous physical training and initiation that is Yeah, initiation. Initiate. See, and for me, it's initiation. Initiation is the key that I believe that a lot of the hazing background comes from. I know, and I know, in high school there was. I'm not going to mention the name, but I know in high school there was a hazing incident um, that was not reported, but it was discussed, and some of that shit was just abusive. Like, there's no other way around it. So, I, I, I think. He had knew. to. Have. Let's not act like Fitz knew the, the stuff that I've read. He had to have known. And one thing too, the president saying like, "Oh, you know, if you're at the top, you have to know how to run your ship." This was under the president's watch too. The president would, needs to be held responsible. I would argue the athletic has director to, has to fucking northwestern. No, it is northwestern. The president of the university. Let him go too. Privy to stuff sure, like they're not involved in the day to day stuff of the athletics. That's what the athletic. Okay, but you know what? But you know what? No, you're still at the top. With you on that, you're still but... at the top, and it's fucking Northwestern. Like, if it happened, listen. If any other program, like University of Michigan or University of Illinois or any of that, if Harbaugh was the one that was reported that hey, he knew about the hazing, the eighty no, would be gone, would and the president would be in under some kind. The of The president of the university does not yes, involve would. himself. I would the guarantee it. We're, yes yes they do they uh, they will sometimes approve the signing of people that they bring in let's not act like they don't they don't always just leave it to the ad sometimes the president has to be involved and they'll either approve it or not approve it i'm they pretty sure the president have, had to have some kind have of oversight approval to approve a okay. 10-year contract okay okay a contract with a coach is they don't, different okay, than you don't, the being 10-year involved contract with an athletic program I understand being involved with the athletic program, but you're still the president of. It's not a good look. I'm just saying he's not going to get reported punished by your by own it. school's journalist. Yes, he should be. All right. Um, thank you for your very passionate advice. I hope we're all better for this conversation we just had. Um, you know, I I think it's a good time for a break, boys. Let's take a quick break. On the other side. We'll talk Cubs and Sox and recap the NBA free agency. Let's take a quick break. Welcome back. Welcome back. Um, Now, um, you know, some people may not want to, but we have to talk baseball in the Windy City. Boys, how are the Wrigley people doing? Oh, we're starting with the Cubbies today? Starting with the positivity, baby. I thought we needed it after the last segment. (laughs) I could be positive and negative. I could do both ways. I'm a team player. Well, we're going to kind of jump into two segments here. Within the segment, if you will, we're going to talk about the Cubs, and then we're going to talk about the the draft that happened um, a few days ago. MLB draft, I might add. Well, with the Cubs, we're 42 and 47, five games under 500. But unfortunately, Cincinnati Reds have kind of caught fire and the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, there are nine games over 500, uh, sitting at about 50 and 41, I believe. So we are quite a few games back, uh, unfortunately. But don't think we're out of it yet. We still have some hope. Um, we went to the All Star break, 
500 in our last 10 games, including their first ever win at Yankee Stadium. Let's go. Where we took two of three from the Yankees. So that was a pretty big series um, to come out from and to end the first half. Um, But realistically, we're looking at the next 16 games. Um, That's going to define our season. We're playing basically a bunch of shit teams. And you know one of those teams? CJ, give me one of those teams. Who are we playing in the next 16? Ooh, I, 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 I want to say that they're, they're this one team that's in the uh, AL Central. Um, yeah, you're getting close. And, you're getting I'm hot. getting close. Okay, okay. And, and I believe um, this, this team is a pair of, of clothing of some kind. Um, <laughs> you're getting warmer. I, you're warmer. I'm getting warmer. I'm getting warmer. Uh, all right, it's a White Sox. <laughs> well, oh, I was moving on. Ah, come the on, sixteen games, the twins. The sixteen game under five hundred White Sox. Let's let's be clear. So the, over the next the sixteen, games, hey don't hey don't take my talking points. Over okay? the next sixteen games, we're playing the Red Sox, who are the worst uh, in the AL um, East. We got the White Sox, like we mentioned, the Nationals and the Cardinals. So all these teams are bottom feeders. Um, uh, hold on. I, I I understand what you're trying to do there, uh, Miller, but the Boston Red Sox might be bottoms of the of the uh, American League East, but they are 48 and 43. So let's kind they're of, still bottom let's, feeders. They're the bottom of the of American division. League East, bottom of the division. So basically, yeah. what we're looking at is we need to get back to essentially 500 over these next 16 games to have a shot at maybe even staying in this. If we don't get there, then realistically, we're probably going to be sellers at the deadline. Although it might happen either either way. Um, let's be honest with some of our. I, it's pretty good timing for you guys. Like sixteen games would probably bring you to end of July, which is literally when free agency is. So, pretty good, pretty good timing. Free agency? You mean the trade deadline? Yeah, you mean the trade. Okay. Deadline. Um, I do want to say though, um, I was gonna guess the Twins. I wasn't gonna guess the White Sox, but. Um, bullshit. Hear me out, though, Miller. Do you think the Cubs could still possibly be buyers, even though this central is kind of open still? Okay, so they're 42 and 47. 16 games. If they went 11 and 5, what would that make? That would put them... That would put them one game over 500, right? Yeah, 53 and 52. I mean, but they're gonna we're be. We're assuming we're assuming that the Brewers cool off and, and the Cincinnati, Cincinnati cool, cool off. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of assumptions have to be made, but I guess who's winning the division, Reds, and then Brewers. If you're one game over five hundred, are you really going to? It's tough. It's tough. I don't know. You might. You guys, you you guys need like twelve or four. That's fair. Or like yeah. Thirteen That's and fair. three. Oh, um, the there's not going to be two people, two teams coming from the uh, NL Central. I'll tell you that right now. the The wild card is uh, the West, most likely. Eh, um, if the Brewers keep playing like the way they are, the well, could be. Brewers are pretty good. I don't know. I think. I mean, realistically, Brewers are like literally half. I don't a think game, half a game. I don't know if right the now. Cubs are going to do it. I don't think they're going to be able to go thirteen and three, sixteen and zero, stuff like that. I don't I don't think they are. I think they're missing too much, especially with Dansby on the IL. Um so I'm guessing they're probably gonna be trading. Um hopefully we don't give up too much and that we destroy everything. We'll get into that another time. Uh but that's really all we got going on on the north side. Uh how about you South Side people? Well before we go to the South Side, um Miller, 
What's our positivity number? Dude, my positivity number doesn't change. It's a... F- yeah, well, it might change today. <laughs> you think it's going to be a four? I think it's going to be a four. You think it's a four? I think I dropped. I think I dropped. I was I was high the last I'm, time. I'm at, I'm at a five. I'm at a five right now. Out of ten. But... All right, sorry. I let I let Boopin get a swig of his drink, and I and he asked me to cue something ready for him. So just go ahead and start it, Boopin, for you, or you let me know. Just okay. Who's ready for this? I am. All right. Um, you know it's hard to hear positivity coming up from the north. White Sox have their worst record of the season so far. They're 16 games below 500, like Miller said. Um. A heck of a ride to get to the All-Star game. 3-7 and seven in the last 10. They lost the series to the Cardinals. Got swept by the Blue Jays. Lost the series to Athletics. Probably the worst team in the division. In, the, in league. the league. Yeah. Um, again, against the Angels, they played okay. I think they were right out, coming out of, right out of the Red Sox series. But anyway, it was 2-2 two and two against the Angels. But here's what I'm going to say. I think the team made the decision for the front office very easy. They have to be sellers. Like, there's no wishy-washiness. They have an option to sell out the entire team down to the studs. I want to see the management held accountable for this failed rebuild. And, like, let's let's just start over is what I want to see. And I don't think, like, you guys have some hopes. You know, you guys can get hot and... See where it goes. I don't think that's a possibility anymore. I think, um, you know, teams have done it in one year. Cincinnati Reds, um, you know, Baltimore is like turning around a year, two years. Maybe that there's hope there. But the team by itself, the management, something is not working. And we need to like kind of scratch our entire plan and start over. Um, I think the pitching will likely get some attention, but I don't think we're getting any top tier uh, stuff back, uh, but I, the only hope I have is, you know, the Chris Sales um, when we traded him away, Quintana, some of the pieces we got from that trade we are still using. So like they have, we have got decent pieces back from trades. I'm just that's the only positivity I see. Yeah, I heard that um, there were what four players that were untouchable: Luis Robert, I think Bummer, I think your pitcher Cease. I think there was one other guy that I, I'm blanking on. They were basically said that they were untouchable and everybody else is is tradable. I think they said untouchable, but maybe it was more like they would need to be blown away, kind of like what Ryan Pohl said with the first round pick. I mean, the bats have been so cold. Like, if someone's taking them, they probably either want to pay peanuts or they get... It's crazy. The, the crazy thing about this to me is your team's going to be a seller. But this or your organization is going to allow the same front office that put this together and did it previously to do it again. They're going to allow them to sell again. And that's the thing that's mind boggling to me, that you're going to let these people trade their players for for assets. Start over. Like, that's one thing I want to see. I want to see someone held accountable. Kind of want to figure out what went wrong, right? They, they've signed people. Not that they've signed superstars, but they've signed people and none of the pieces came together. So, like, kind of like we need a right hand, like, sorry, right field all season. Like, we had pretty good options out there. 
no interest whatsoever. I get they wanted their farm system to come and fill the hole. I get that. But Oscar Colas was nowhere near like like some of the thing decisions they made has been really short sighted, which is probably why we are here today. You know, so not something doesn't seem to work. I don't know if it's management, coaching, players. I want to see them held accountable. I, I don't want them to just like start selling and rebuilding again. I hope someone there. Like to we me, need it, to, we need an answer. It's not 2023 as much as it's 2021 and 2022. Your window was wide open during those years. You should have made some progress. And I think a lot of that falls on Jerry for signing Tony LaRusso to begin with. But realistically, your coaching choices have been shit. Like um, Tony LaRusso and then Pedro Gafold. I mean, great. He's a new name. Out of Kansas City? You really want a bench coach out of Kansas City? And come on, he's no more than a puppet to these guys. So it's just like... I think he can make an impact. I think he's a player's first guy. I think he can make an impact. It's just that when you have a shitty culture, I don't think you can like give them the best people. I think it's just a culture. But if you're a player guy, that's supposed to change the culture. But at the end of the day, he's a puppet for the, the execs. So I've I've been I've been I've been quiet on this and the thing the one thing that I will say about the White Sox is um I think you guys probably should have sold before the All Star break already um I think a lot of other teams are gonna find value elsewhere because like kind of you said the bats have kind of gone cold so the numbers are not really being too helpful. I mean, no one really trades mid-season. Like, yeah, you don't trade before the All-Star, right? I disagree with you there. I think also it's still like, early enough where you can still be that first team that you're kind of going for. I think now they need to start trading, to your point. Like, it needs to be early. You can't wait till the end because you need to unload. That's what I was going to say. And Like, p- pitching, starting pitching especially, I think it's like, I'm not saying we have winners, but, like, I think except C's, like, that's probably the most talked about or most appealing prospects out there. And even that will get top tier value. So I don't think it's a matter of when it's just a matter of like, do it. I, I agree. And that's what I was going to say. I think you guys need like a week to just get up and running and, and, and seeing some, but I'm, I have a feeling that white Sox management is just going to sit there and say like, well, we need to, um, see them yeah, it. we need to kind of see what the market says and what the value is out there. And then the people are just going to be like, well, fuck them. They're not even they're not even being good. Sellers. I think the fans are angry. I, I, I like the, the podcast I listened to. They did some fan bag mailbag episode. And oh, my God, like ooh, the anger's out there. But again, they represent what we've been talking about. Right. Um, OK, OK, talk OK, about the draft OK. Picks. okay. Okay, not to be mean to Sox fans, but when have the Sox fans really had a say? I mean, I don't know how to come across like this, but it's like for the Bears, if the fans are in an uproar, management's going to fucking know and they're going to do something about it. Kind of what happened with Pace last year. That's what happened with Pace. Fans got them fired. The Sox, do they really have the fan base to do that? They don't have that. The whole city doesn't. The board just went up. The board just went up saying sell the team. That's this year. I feel like I think Cubs winning, right? Put some pressure on them. And then they they did some good stuff. They had a farm. They had a couple of years. They had a window. And when that promise fell, I think now, like you said, fans are I hurt. think they put the, the Tony LaRusso stuff is what kind of started the downward spiral, I believe. Um, but 
we can't compare the Bears to to this scenario. I'm just talking about fan base. Oomph. The fan they don't the have the base, same oomph as a fan base as other teams in the city do. Well, because they're bigger. I mean, I mean, yeah, realistically, that, I mean, let's be honest. It's a second baseball team. Yeah, yeah city, that's what I was gonna right? say. Like, like, you're talking about a team that. Let's be fair. Like, if you guys are number one for until the all-star break like if you guys had the best record in major league baseball you guys are still at 75 percent capacity 80 percent capacity so like and that's you not a knock on anyone than that i mean hey i'm i'm being positive here but it's it is the trio when you guys are bad podcast. though when you guys are bad you guys are not even at like 25 percent. so like you're like pirates this level is, no even the pirates have the pirates I mean, like, the, think about the Oakland A's, right? Like, they, what? what <laughs> I read this. I don't know how true say. this is. I read it, but I'm pretty sure it came from a parody account. You know the uh, boycott game that the Oakland A's had that had more fans than what the White Sox had the whole year. That's not true. No, but it's I funny. thought they had. I think they are. They were doing pretty bad in attendance too. So that game probably had more fans than. Most of the games that season. Uh, yeah, and, I, and I would believe that, that had more fans at it than any game that the White Sox have played, but not altogether. No, of course. Like that's what I'm saying. Like the 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 highest grossing or the highest attended game was, was that more than any White Sox game, game. Was more than a random oh, regular yeah. White Sox game. Yes, that's. I don't know how true that is. I, I thought that was fucking hilarious. I was yeah. And uh, just to keep the positive positivity, let's give some shout outs to. Actual all-stars that came from Chicago. Miller, do you want to shout out the uh, Cub all-stars here? Yeah, we got three all-stars, but only one played. Woo! Dansby Swanson, Justin Steele, <laughs> Marcus Stroman. Swanson is on the IL, like we discussed. Justin Steele pitched a clean inning in the National League victory. And Marcus Stroman did not play because of rest. Can we get a, uh, can we get a golf clap win. for the... Uh, Chicago Cub All-Stars. And now, Boopin, you want to take us to the uh, White Sox? I, I've, I've thought about this, guys. Okay. okay? Like, Luis Roberts, who had a decent middle of the season for the All-Star game. He was our lone uh, All-Star. He even went to the, um, the you know, home run derby. <laughs> Guess what happened? First round, you know, wins. Scores 20, 25, 26 homers, wins. Injures himself. <laughs> limps into the second Typical socks. Typical. And then gets like killed, I think 35 to 22 in the second round. Uh, but yeah, he was our all-star. He didn't make it to the game because he's injured now day to day. But he was the first center fielder to make it to the all-star game from the White Sox since Chet Lemon in 78-79. Hey, let's, let's go ahead and clap. give him a golf clap as well. We go ahead and give a golf clap on that. Um... All right, we will take one more break, which will be our last break, and we're going to talk about the winners and losers of the NBA free agency. Welcome back. Um, NBA, there's not a lot going on in the sports world. Uh, NBA free agency is hot. Hot. Lots of moves happening. So we thought it would be a good idea to just recap some of the major things that happened, some of the takes uh, that we've seen, we've read, we've followed. And shared with you. So, since you're rocking a Bulls jersey, Miller, I thought you would kick. Us uh, actually, I want to throw my foot in there, even though he is rocking the Bulls um, jersey. I know you guys are going to talk winners and losers. I just want to add a note about free agency. 
I'm just kidding. I just wanted to say that to piss you off. Go for it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we'll start with the Bulls. Obviously, we know what they did in the draft. Nothing. (sighs) We know where we're at as a team. We suck. So did we do anything to improve our team in free agency? We already know the answer. We didn't. DVD. Well, some may say we did stuff, but... Realistically, we re-signed Nikolai Vucevic, and we re-signed Oosh. or we extended Kobe White. Those were our two guys that we included on our team, which you know what this means. It basically means we're running it back again. So we're going to be the same fucking team as we have been the last few years that haven't done shit. Because we were so good exactly, last year, guys. Exactly. We have to run, run um, it back I will again. say that they signed uh, Javon Carter and Tory Craig, which should be improvements. Um, both of them come with perimeter shooting and perimeter defense. So hopefully we can get better there. Not holding my breath because realistically they're going to be role players. It's all going to depend on Zach Levine and how he performs and our studly forward Nikolai Vucevic. So we'll see. I'm not holding out hope with the Bulls. I think overall um, I think they're in a really bad spot. Uh, yeah, and again, I feel bad, but Lonzo Ball... Man, the fact that we can't get him back on the floor, he's already projected to miss next season again. I think the Bulls applied to have uh, an insurance where they get like $10 million or $11 million in relief. I enjoyed watching Lonzo play for Chicago. I hate that he's injured, but it's it's not looking so positive for the Bulls. I, I, I You know why I hate it? I hate it because I want to see what this team would be. Yes, it would be nice to win and go into playoffs and stuff like that. I just want to see him play with the other players because I feel like we'll 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 not be top of the league, but we'll be a competitive team, you know. So I feel bad for the fan in me. That's like being kind of you know not able to enjoy this. Well, the crazy to your point, I understand your point because they were first overall in the East when Lonzo was healthy. The crazy part is, is we've been I think probably a year and a half since that point, and we've been waiting on Lonzo, but they've failed to get a decent point guard to fill his role during this entire time. So if you're going to sit here and rely on him as our linchpin to be a point guard, why wouldn't you bring someone else in that can facilitate the offense? The problem is that we don't have the money to do that. (laughs) I I think that's what it is. Do they know that he's not going to come back? Oh, yeah. It's already been announced. He's not coming back. He's not coming back. Then it's like shitty. I thought like there was a chance. I mean, hey, there's always a chance. The one thing though that nope. there's no chance doesn't ha- hey listen there's always a chance they don't know if what he's gonna it? play again one in a million you're saying you have a chance yes no. listen I don't know what the injury is um, I'm not a doctor but like the fact that it's a non-contact what? and they haven't been able to figure it out in over a year and uh, I mean I know it's more than a year but like. The fact that they haven't well, it's been over a year since his second no, I surgery. I think I don't know what the I don't know what the injury is. I don't. But I believe it's an injury that has happened before. I think it is out there. It's and, a torn meniscus. And I it's definitely not a torn meniscus. But it's an it's injury meniscus. that a player has never come back from and well, played in the NBA before. So try having um, three surgeries and still not being able to feel normal. So that's yeah, also a thing. It's it's not a good situation. But 
moving on from our bulls that we have a pessimistic view of trio a positivity score of a zero you know, we always say this you, you know we i always say this and i'll do this this time there was a photo of lanza with the bulls when they went to paris and then there was like the one classmate that never shows up to class but then shows up on <laughs> field trip day and i was like oh my god this is hilarious so i, do, I don't know who posted that Shout out to you. I'm going to share that on our socials. That just reminded me. Moving on to other teams, I would okay. say one team that really stood out to me um, was the Lakers. Uh, I think they did a lot of good moves in this offseason. Obviously, their team revolves around LeBron uh, and Anthony Davis, but they re-signed the fan favorite, Austin Reeds. They also got D'Angelo Russell. They acquired Gabe Vincent from Miami, and they also got Cam Reddish. They, that addresses their shooting and defensive needs. So I think that team has really taken a lot of steps. Austin Reeves yeah. got. I, I was paid. reading. Yeah, he got paid pretty good. Actually, actually, they were saying with the cap going high, it will look up being a team friendly deal in like a year or two time. That's what they were saying too. I I did read that his contract was pretty big, but that's what I read that too. But another thing was like I read was like it was surprising that they. They did as well as they did last year was the other thing I read. So they were like, oh, we have a good plan going. Let's add a couple of things. So like that's why they were able to be winners. I agree with you, Miller. I think they had a great free agency. I think Mavs also did pretty well. Um, you know, they gave up a lot for Kyrie. So if Kyrie had walked, that would have been a loss by itself. But the fact that Kyrie is still there, um, they just signed Porzingis, I think. I no, that was that Boston. Today. I think that's... Sorry. Did, did they sign somebody? I don't think so. I think they just kept Kyrie, but I think okay. that's a win in itself based on all they gave up for the trade. Yeah. This is why I don't oh, yes. listen to you guys that's when it comes gonna... to basketball because no one cares about Kyrie Irving. Hang on. Um, I wanted to say one smart thing I read that did was the cap space. They had a ton of, ton of cap, um, like trouble, basically. They, they got a couple of players, uploaded a couple of contracts, and they are doing better they're not in great position but that was a win for them they they got some flexibility for them too that was one thing and they had a good draft so i i would also put so what you guys are telling me is that the mavericks are a win because they kept the guy that they traded a bunch of pieces for that's the only reason that the the mavs are winners yeah you guys are keep in mind keep in mind he is what a nine ten year all-star He's not some scrum of the street. Street. He's one of the right, best who's re- players who's in the requested, NBA. Who's requested to be traded multiple times already. And he's probably the best point guard in the league. So I mean, who to hasn't sit here, played as many games as he's actually been. Okay, paid I understand for. that, CJ. But the the bottom line is this: he is still a stud. So to to, to downgrade our opinion because they just kept one player. I mean, he is a all-star so if they are to figure it out it could happen i'm just saying they gave up a lot of picks for him if he walked the mavericks would be definitely not in a good spot the the mavs are the mavs are a destination with luka Doncic. they don't (laughs) necessarily just need um they 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 don't need Kyrie, in my opinion. I mean, Ky- Kyrie was great. Like, even with 
Doncic. They weren't. Like, he had they like, weren't as explosive. He took though. over some. They games. weren't as explosive. No, so. they didn't. They didn't really play well together. But I would yeah. expect that to ch- change with the training. I think they'll come out better. I mean, the West. I don't is think really so. Strong, but we know you know, what you thought. Kyrie, <laughs> you yeah, made it clear. I, but who do you think had a good free agency period? Or bad? Um, to be honest, if. I, I haven't really been paying too much attention on the free agency side. The only thing that has caught my attention is from two teams, and it's that uh, Lillard is, has requested a trade, and so has James Harden yet again. Um, and it sucks because Philadelphia, I believe, is like one or two pieces away from contending against the Celtics on and the Miami Heat. Um if Dame goes to Miami, that that's just gonna be a dangerous team. I uh, my my whole thing is I'm waiting to see what happens with that. Uh, Portland's GM came back and said that if it takes months to get the trade that we want, it takes months. Good for him to say that. Um, but I th- I think I'm gonna agree with Miller. I think the Lakers, the way that they performed this uh, this offseason is kind of incredible because. We don't know where LeBron is going to go next year. Um, LeBron might leave and might join his son wherever his son gets drafted. So I don't think it's we'll, a might. I don't think it's a might. I think it's he's definitely going to do that. And I heard that he's going to go to the Bulls. <laughs> yeah, that's that's. I think he's um, definitely playing with like his son. one thing. Well, one thing I read was like a, a, a loser where people that demanded trades this offseason. Because Harden did it, Lillard did it. None of them have really gone traded. So they were like, here's a trend that's like usually they request a trade and trade happens pretty quickly. And this offseason, they were just like, no, eh, the thing see. the thing that's different is the one who did it really well was Kevin Durant um, doing it midseason. I think it's a lot easier to do it midseason than it is in the offseason. Um, the thing is, is that like Dame wants to go to Miami and Portland doesn't have to send him to Miami. And that's the part that people just don't seem to want to like grasp right away is that Portland can really just tell Dame, Dame, we're not trading you to Miami. And until we get a deal that we like, you either can sit out. If you want to sit out, that's fine. Like James Harding almost had that route with Houston. If you guys remember where he showed up like overweight and he's still dominant, like an overweight James Harden was still a better <laughs> James Harden than I think I'd ever seen. I, I, like the way you feel about Kyrie, that's how I feel about James Harden. Like, I think he was nothing close to who he was. And I think he was just like, you know, he's just a name, see, uh, like a shell is, of who he was. But I don't think Kyrie is there. It's James like, Harden, Harden, James Harden to me, James Harden to me is, I see him n- not even at the same level, but like a step below Jimmy Butler. That's where I see James Harden. Kyrie Irving, to me, is just a second or third piece. I don't see him as the main piece. And Kyrie thinks he's the main piece. I He just doesn't play like that to me. And Have, have you seen James Harden play defense? Have you seen anyone in the West play defense? Good thing he's in the East. But James Harden... But he wants <laughs> to go to the Rockets, so it wouldn't matter. Like James Harden has already said he wants to go to the Rockets. I can't like I, James Harden. He like, is essentially Jimmy Butler is one of the hardest. Jimmy Butler is the players, best two way like player in the game. Defense. Jimmy Butler is the best two way in the game. Best. 
I don't think that. Okay. But, but anyway, sure. you you just you just you just compare James Harden uh, like a step below him. I just wanted to like get the record. Yeah, straight. I I don't, or, well, I I mean, don't even think he's only, a step below. I think he's way. James Harden I, James won Harden, the MVP. Like I'm not trying to say like James so Harden here, is like James not the Harden best. is Russell Westbrook. If he's on yes. a team with scrubs, he is going to be a stud, and he's going to shoot yes. it fifty times, and he's going to score forty points. Yes. When he's on a he real team, he doesn't do that. He no, tries but to be more, and he's not. No, that's more, not, not. That's good. not true, though. He was just on a team that had another MVP. Philadelphia had another MVP. They had James Harden, who was a former MVP, and they had uh, Embiid, who just got voted the MVP. People should have said it was Jokic or whatever. Like Philadelphia is maybe one or two moves away from being a dominant team, and James Harden still wants out. That's the part that I don't like. Um, with Kyrie Irving, Kyrie Irving wanted to get paid in in New York, didn't get what he wanted, asked for a trade, and is still not getting what he wanted. So, like, he's to me, it's just Kyrie's. I haven't seen enough. If I wish Kyrie, well, when you're a guy player, when you're a guy that thinks the world's flat, like, come on. You can think you can, wow, we went you can there. think whatever we went, you want. You know what? Kyrie is a Before great player. We... I just don't see him as the stud. Like I I just see him as Before, a second or third. Before we get into more trouble, okay? I think it's about time we wrap this up, boys. All right. Thank you, the positive brigade. Thank you for the passionate conversation. Thank you, listeners, for listening today. Uh, hope you liked what you listened. Don't forget to hit the like and subscribe button. If you like the show, we're a young podcast, always looking for feedback. So please let us know how we can do better. Maybe someday in the near future, we can have some positivity coming out of Chicago sports. But until then, we can all suffer in misery together. On that positive, positive note, goodbye. Bye-bye. <laughs>